Hey, listener, how's it going? Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Is Venom part of the MCU? Will Spider-Man be in the Sony Marvel Universe spinoffs? Are these spinoffs even a good idea? We break down some of the details about the Marvel, Disney, and Sony deal. Also, Fox is not done making Fantastic Four movies, and everything is not awesome on the set of the Han Solo spinoff movie. Plus, some recently revealed movie facts about Batman Returns as it turns 25 years old, and Jaden Smith has made the weirdest song about Batman you'll ever hear. How dare you do this to us! All that and more in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Thursday, June 22nd, 2017. Check. Check one. All right. This is really fans out there. Let's give it up. Jock and Nerd. funny, disturbing. What up, listener? Welcome back. Thanks for checking us out. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. And he's the rug boy. What's up, rugs? What's up, dudes? How's it going? Ah, there we go. The show. <laughs> I uh, just now, woke up. I just woke up. Rugs, it's like a, a 10 o'clock at night. What are you doing? Well, you you're, know. You're on nighttime this, cycle? This is late night jock and nerd. This is a Imran, sexy. Imran, you're going to have to change your, yeah, oh, your no, fucking I gotta talk all nerdy smooth. voice and talk yeah, sexy. Yeah, you got to talk like Tom Snyder. No one knows what that is. <laughs> oh, my God. That is a deep cut reference. Tom Snyder. Uh, all I know late, is this is late night jock and nerd. Late night talking to all you. Caller, your number, your caller number 42 on the late night jock and nerd. Let me hear your sex story. Hi. <laughs> my name is Reginald. <laughs> and I was wondering, why does it hurt when I pee? Well, Reginald, uh, I think uh, your last cosplay costume may have been a mistake. You don't want to shove things up your urethra and dressing like... <laughs> Iron Man, just for a comic. <laughs> I wanted to be comic book accurate. Well, I understand Tony Stark has to pee somewhere, but a catheter is probably not necessary in the <laughs> but cosplay. The flash piece. <laughs> no, oh, we should back. pitch this. Exactly how I remember. We need the to show. pitch this to or like imagine a, the show would have been. We need to pitch this to a late night talk show. Look, if you are a first time listener, thanks for checking us out. We're your weekly geek fest where we discuss comic book. And superhero-related things. We got news. We got reviews. We got interviews. Here's what we're going to do in this we episode. We actually haven't had an interview in a long time. Well, we've had a lot of guests on. <laughs> it's kind of like an interview. Yeah, the last one was like Floyd Norman. Eric Sharkey yeah. is going to be coming back on soon. We'll get some more interviews. These things are organic, just as they pop up. We <laughs> just like poking holes in things you I know, say. you do. You're the fucking He's plot hole poker. <laughs> Bro, do you even podcast? Look, this exactly. episode, uh, we're going to focus on some Spider-Man news because there's a lot of been a lot of huff-huff about Disney and Sony and Spider-Man and Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal and all a bunch <laughs> of crazy things. And then we're also going to focus on the big fucking Star Wars story uh, about the Han Solo spinoff movie that broke early this week. That shit is crazy. Uh, there's a couple other quick quick topics and we're gonna take a quick look at batman returns because it turns 25 years old oh, shit. this week i know i feel old anthony does that make you feel old at all no no 
No, I look at my age and they go, I'm close to 30, and then that makes me feel old. Oh, that's what that, that's uh, you yeah. were five when this fucking movie came out. That is just I do remember this is the one where uh, you get weird Danny DeVito, right? Yeah, yeah, well, Biting yeah, well, people's noses, yeah, and eating fish. We'll get into yeah. we'll get into all that. Uh, before we continue, I want the listener to check out our last show where we had special guest Scott Meridu. David Malofsky from a uh, Pod Capers, the official podcast of A Place to Hang Your Cape, part one of an international podcast crossover. And then we did their show. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, John- I just want to comment on that yes. real quick. Yes. Having them on our show made the show's median age a lot younger, yes. a lot more millennial. Yes. But we also became millennials uh- that probably... Um, have their meat in their hands all day and cry what are you and use trying their tears. To say? As, what are you trying to say? I'm Anthony? just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I when, you have, when you have when you have a <laughs> fucking <laughs> Comic Con pump up pump up playlist. Comic Con playlist. That was great. That was great. Please stop. Please, <laughs> please don't say that out now, loud. Are you trying to draw a like a delineation between millennial nerds and old school like old nerds like Amron? A little bit. Like what? You like, know, are they nerdier? No. Like I'm trying I don't to know. Find- I don't know. When he said <laughs> this is David Malosky, when he said he had a pump up pl- Comic Con playlist that he listens to. I was like, that is next level nerdy. I think I even well, called it out on the show. I, I, I heard Bill Burr, like an old Bill Burr bit on uh, on YouTube th- yeah. today, mm-hmm. and it, this very point came up. He was talking about how nerds used to get beat up back in the day, and they yep. were like yeah. embarrassed, and they had shame, and now like it's it's cool to be a nerd. Like every show, there's a nerd. Yeah. So like people are just like letting their fucking nerd flag uh, fly. And yeah. so, like, we, they don't have the shame that Imran and I grew up with. Yes, they have so. to like pretend not to be nerds and yes. just like we're, we're trying to be like normal k- kids. Absolutely, but- I guess. But I guess there's just, in my opinion, things you don't share. <laughs> I can't win with Anthony. Either he's on a podcast with grumpy forty-year-olds, or he's on a podcast with two nerdy millennials. Oh, shit. Uh, it's a no-win situation. Yeah. <laughs> Look, check the show notes: shockandnerd.com/slash one seventy-three. I will put a link to the Podcapers episode titled Road to Spider-Man, where we got to geek out about Spider-Man and the movie rights and the whole crazy history of Spider-Man's movie rights leading up to Spider-Man Homecoming. And you know what? We're going to continue that conversation. We're gonna Let's get to the news right now. Please keep your seatbelts fastened and your limbs inside the ride at all times. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. Now, if you want to get in touch with the show, it's very easy, listener. We made it very easy for you. Just visit jockandnerd.com slash contact. You can touch us on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, via with your voice, via SpeakPipe email. Get involved. Okay, let's start with this whole... There's been a lot of uh, Venom and the Mar- Sony Marvel Universe regarding the use of Spider-Man. Who has the rights? Is this part of the MCU? Is Venom and these spinoffs not going to be a part of the MCU? Here's what happened where, you know, Kevin Feige had come out a week ago and said, hey, you know what? Venom is not a part of the MCU. Then what happens? And we're just going to hear it from her, the mouth of the woman herself. A.B. Pascal in a presser when asked, is the Venom movie connected in any way? Sitting right next to Kevin Feige. Uh, it's real quick. It's a minute. Here are the words she had to say. This was her answer. Well, those movies will all take place in the world that we are now creating for for you know for Peter Parker. I mean, it'll there'll be adjuncts to it. They may be different locations, but it will still all be in the same world and they will be connected to each other as well. So there is a chance that um, Tom Holland as Spider-Man will pop up somewhere over there. There's always a chance. There's always <laughs> a chance. I think Oh shit. What? 
what does all this mean? Adjunct movies. The best thing, you got to watch this video because yeah. the reactions on Faiji's face are hilarious. Anthony, describe the looks he's given her when she's fucking saying this shit. It's similar to the look like Batman or um, Ben Affleck had when he heard the ratings for Batman versus Superman. <laughs> yes. It was that like, oh my gosh, I have to take a shit right now. In fact, this like, s- I might be constipated. <laughs> the sad Faiji meme has become the new sad flick meme yeah. uh because he's like you see his eyes like what the fuck clearly they didn't talk about this but hasn't amy pascal already like bullshitted reporters before plenty of times she has already come out and said things where it was like this after like two or three movies were we're not going to be associated with the mcu anymore marvel's not gonna be making them yeah. and it was like what <laughs> what are you talking about what <laughs> so I think Anthony, this article that you posted, really, there's a lot from the Hollywood Reporter, yeah. titled "How Sony Learned to Cede Control to Marvel on Spider-Man: Homecoming." Holy shit! There's a lot of amazing bits in stuff, here. Yeah. I bullet pointed it. We could talk about it. Yeah. The first thing, though, I, let me just tell you what I don't like. What I don't appreciate, fucking comic book geek websites, is every fucking website took this story and literally made one article for, based on each sentence. Oh yeah. Like, have you seen that? that? That's the most yeah. annoying shit. They pull one thing out and it's a whole post, and you're like, all this isn't here. So wait, wait before we get yes. into this, them seeding control, let's just get a quick reaction to what she said. <laughs> yes. Um. My f- initial reaction is, yay, like, yeah, that he should be. Yes. Like, sh- it shouldn't be. They shouldn't be making Venom and Black Cat and all these movies without Spider-Man involved. Absolutely. But I, I, I don't trust if it's not Marvel, like actually producing those other films. Yeah. I don't trust that those side films are going to be any good. No, it could and, ruin and the not, brand. Not that, and, and it could also like kind of put a little bit of a stink on the whole partnership. I mean, imagine Spider-Man in an R-rated Venom movie. Like, it's going to confuse people. It could ruin the band. Well, not brand. only that, but I just don't think... Like, it, it was obvious by Fahey's reaction that this wasn't something he is plan- was planning to be- come out with. In fact, he might, not, he might not have even known that she was going to say that. I don't think he did. <laughs> so... I don't think they're on the same page. But don't here. you think that Amy Pascal has more power in the situation? She could say it the fuck she wants because she is in charge of Spider Man. Well, and Sony she, owns yeah. Spider Man. So, she's yes. not really working for Sony. Yeah, uh, she's working for them, but only for the like. I for, remember. I don't remember what the exact it, article said. It, but. Well, I got that in here, and we'll go over yeah. that. But I agree. Initially, I was like, "Oh, okay." So they're you know uh, like just like you react, and I was like, "Good, they, you got to have Spider Man when you're making these movies." However, I'm. Uh, you feel Faiji's tension and how they're going to handle Spider-Man because they have not handled them well alone on themselves to handle the creative on spinoff movies with this character that it's already been started in the MCU and handled so well. Uh, it, that's going to be, that's weird. That's going to be shady. I would be nervous too. So look, dude, this, well, here's a, here, here's yeah. another example yeah. kind of this real quick is like the, where we've given like agents of shield, for example. Yes. It says it's connected to the movies. Right. But we never get any acknowledgement from the movies that it's actually connected. Right. And I feel like that's what they might go with here is they're going to be like, yeah, it's part of the MCU. Venom is. But none of the other MCU films will ever acknowledge that Venom exists. I don't even think it's fair to say it's part of the MCU. I think initially he was right. It's part of the SMCU or the SMU or whatever the fuck. It's a different thing. You'll never see Venom in an MCU movie. Like you said, they're never going to acknowledge him. But it's confusing to try to the spin-off universe with a character that we've already been introduced to over here. 
Uh, so in this article, you learn a lot of amazing things. For example, the first thing, the deal Marvel made with Sony in 1999 has gave Sony 900 Spider-Man characters to play with. Oh, shit. Did, did we cite the article? It was Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter. HollywoodReporter.com. Yeah. I will put a link in the show notes. So they are sitting on 900 just Spider-Man characters. It's like Spider-Man next to Batman, one of the greatest rogue gallery Peter of Porker, villains. Do you think they got him? You could bring in Peter Porker. You could bring in... <laughs> I mean, they pretty much have the rights to Spider-Man and everybody that's ever been in a Spider-Man comic book. That's uh, a lot of people. Right, Rugs? Do you think they can handle 900 characters well? They're not going to use them all. They got them sitting there. They're going to they're gonna pick, like... You know, some here, you know, craving here, a little, maybe yeah. some vermin. You know, you never know what they're going to pick. But so, they, get, they got, at least they got access to them. I mean, you need, if you're going to do Spider Man, you need all the supporting characters too. Lot. So that's it a, makes sense. I didn't even think, I don't even think I can name 900 Spider Man characters. That's impressive. Uh, so, Feige talking about the moment he made the deal with Pascal and Sony for Spider-Man. He says, it really came down to me telling Amy in her office that I think the best thing for this character is Sony has the rights. That's not changing. Have Sony pay for the movie, distribute the movie, market the movie, just let us make the movie and incorporate him into our universe. This explains a lot. I, yeah, I latched onto that quote right? really quick. What does this because, explain for you, Anthony? Well, it's because we've been complaining about how much the marketing of this film has been yes. strange yes. in terms of the how much of the plot they're giving away. And I, there, a lot of it has to be attributed to the fact that it's not Marvel marketing this film. It's Sony. Sony yeah. seems to be marketing this to this movie to kids, and they think kids are dumb. They think kids are just idiots, and they need this shit shoved down I, I their don't, throat. I don't think it's necessarily that. I do. I mean, it is marketed towards kids, but I really think that Sony is like the way we're going to get this character back on its on the right foot is to tell everybody Robert Downey Jr. is in this film. Yeah, pulling the Iron Man that the kids love right now. But right. The, uh, the other important thing is, people are there's. I've seen arguments on online about like. Oh, Marvel has the rights. No, Sony has the rights. No, Marvel has the rights. They technically Marvel Comics has the rights to make Spider-Man comic books. Sony owns complete rights to make any movies. Right. Everything's done with Sony's. So approval. basically, they're just hiring Marvel as a studio to make the yeah. movie. Right? Yeah. That's the simplest way to explain it. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's uh, that's it. They hired this little independent studio called Marvel Studios to make a well, movie what, about what your Marvel own. Marvel gets out of it is obviously they get so they don't get any of the profits of the Sony films. But anything that where they use Spider Man in their films, they're keeping the profits on that. So plus, there's money involved. It's cheaper for Marvel if they don't have to pay for the movie or pay for the marketing or pay for distribution. Well, they get no. paid for the the making of the film. You know, Marvel gets paid to sure, make. Sure, there's the a film. contract. Like we're going to give you this much money to make this. Yeah, movie. they could get like two hundred whatever million dollars to make the movie. What is it? One seventy five that they will. Well, make, we'll get to the budget, on. but on top of that, yeah, they you know, the, well, that's the budget to make the movie. But do you think they're getting paid like extra as hires? Yeah, in 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 Disney would have to put up that money, right, and yeah. make that money back. So Marvel doesn't really have to worry about if the, if if the movie fails. Yeah, they no. just they get paid to make the movie instead of paying out to make the movie. So it's actually a weird deal. Yeah, it's very weird. And so Rugs, you were just talking about what does Pascal do? So uh, basically, Pascal. So Pascal approved this deal with Marvel and Spider-Man just before the email hack in 2014. She was the head of the studio. Then she got ousted, but she kind of transitioned uh, to remain a producer on the Spider-Man movies. Right. So she's not running See, I the think studios. The reason why that is the case is she is the one that made the deal yes. with Marvel. Yes. And I think Marvel was like... Um, they saved her job a little yeah, bit. Yeah. No, they were like, 
if you want us to make our movies, if you want us to make your movies, she's got to stay in the deal somehow, some way. Pretty much because she was she was done. She was fired. They it, saved it seems her like, yeah, fucking job. It seems job. like her and Fahey probably work well together. Well, other than in that, other than that, I don't that know. If they communicate. No, but yeah. like, that's the only reason. Why would yeah. you? Why would she stick around? It's yeah. because Marvel insisted that she sticks around. Yeah, because she she's been dealing and she's dealt with all the I believe all the Spider Man movies from Columbia and Sony. Uh, so she has a history with this. So her successor is his name is Tom Rothman, and it seems like he's really uh, banking on this to launch a whole slate of Spidey movies to almost save Sony Pictures because we know they're not doing well. Like they have nothing. This is very exciting for them, and they they got a lot riding on it. not only the, the success of Homecoming, but getting these spinoffs announced and getting done if they're going to actually make them. So here's another interesting bit regarding the budget. This is great. So Amy Pascal and Feige pushed back on Ike Perlmutter's original budget. He wanted them to spend $275 million, which would have been a larger budget than Spider-Man 3 from Sam Raimi. That cost $258. Uh, that's a crazy budget. And uh, the budget's actually $175 million. It's a smaller gamble for the studio. It's also similar to like... I like how we say that's a smaller gamble well, as if that's to, chump change. Compared to $100 million, <laughs> But it's also similar to the other Marvel's first hero yeah. movies like Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. But Feige's whole thing is, and I love this, he said he likes to keep costs down on the first two movies and then blow it out for the third. And you kind of see that in the Civil War. You kind of yeah. saw that in the Iron Man. I love that strategy. Uh, and it's, you know, with smaller gamble for Sony... With this budget, that's a good budget. What do you guys think of the budget? Yeah, you could do a lot with 175 million. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not, I am not crying from so, uh, Sony and being like, man, they, they really didn't give this movie any money. If they just gave it some more money, it would have been. But fantastic. like at 275, like you, that movie's a disaster. There's at, no way at, it's making. At that 275, money. that movie is shooting on in multiple locations and yeah. has multiple villains and is no, you don't want that. Is a ton of CGI. It's a, it's a fucking mess so homecoming uh from early tests it's being described as marvel's youngest skewing movies and geared to teens it's testing very well scoring in the low 90s like we said last week it's on track to open as high as 100 million i just hope it's not too fucking kitty i don't think it'll be kitty it'll be tweeny it'll be tweeny it'll be very tweeny all right well teen angst drama Little CW, little John Hughes. Remember originally they were like, this is, you got to make a John Hughes movie for us. This was the genre. So Mm -hmm. uh, let me see how they handle that line. So more details about this Venom movie with Tom Hardy. Apparently it's going to feature Carnage. Oh shit. They're already throwing Carnage into this fucking thing. They've given it a date of October 5th. Adam Morris posted on Facebook how he was excited for this because there are Carnage fans out there. I get it. Uh, it it's another 90s fucking just, you know, kind of a one-dimensional killy machine, kind of like we had in the 90s. But he was like, I was excited to see Carnage on the, on the big screen, but this could be a clusterfuck. Because now you're going to introduce The Carnage didn't come until Venom was, like, established. It went through a whole bunch of character. And then you get to Carnage. And Carnage is kind of a one-note, just a one-note psycho. Yeah. You, you uh, Yeah. <laughs> were you Ruggs, Were you ever a fan of the Carnage, Cletus Cassidy? It was he was all right. I mean, I prefer Venom. Yeah. It's like it's like a pale imitation of Venom, and Venom's actually cooler looking. It's like it, Carnage is kind of like uh, Venom without the Spider Man in it, almost. Yeah, he's just a fucking killing psychopath. Yeah. Who at least Venom like doesn't kill innocent people, and he has some kind of humanity. Carnage. Every every time not. I've read Carnage yeah. as an adult, yeah. I've pictured him as like a Freddy Krueger with the symbiote on. That's yeah, that's about right. 
That's about yeah. right. He's like a red-haired guy but, too. But as a kid, as a kid, Carnage and Venom were the coolest motherfuckers ever. And the '90s, dude, they were huge. You know who would be good? Uh, fucking Jack. I didn't know shit. Jackie Earl Haley as Carnage. That could be, that could be cool. That's he the one that knows for me. I it's think. it's because he's like a a red-haired, freckled he, fucking. He's Freddy Krueger. Yeah. He is. Yeah. Yeah. And Rorschach. And yeah, that's the perfect, that would be the perfect carnage. Uh, so we, I think maybe he might be a little physically, though. I think he's a little too short. Mm. Carnage was like a skinny although, dude. Although Tom Jack. Hardy isn't all that tall either. No, Tom no. Hardy, he's <laughs> wide. He's not yeah. like big in stature. Right. So they're still making this silver and black movie with Silver silver Sable Black Hat. But that seems like a mistake. Uh, yes, but they're also, <laughs> well, is this going to be a mistake? They also have He's plans. also seen mix of mistakes. Keep, keep going. They have plans for a Craven and a Mysterio movie and they want to oh gradually God. build out and maybe build back up to a Sinister Six. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with this. How do you do any of this? Wait, can I ask you guys? Yeah. I'm not the biggest Spider-Man guy. I'm familiar with Craven and Mysterio, but how do those guys get solo films no, that make any goddamn I sense? I don't know. None of these people. <laughs> those are villains, right? Yes. They're, like, have they ever been heroes? Graven or Mysterio? No. They're great no. villains. They're great villains, but they <laughs> need to be used as such sparingly as they're not like They're not like villains. your like, bad guy, but he's actually good no, sort of no, thing. Right? There's no, no way to really no. do this. No. Oh, these, are no. Anti- these are villains. You're making a movie out of I mean, they wanted to make Sinister Six. Anti-hero is what I was looking for. But they want to make a movie with six villains, which without, with I don't know. That didn't make any sense no, to me. No, that one they're with. not doing yet. I mean, you can make that. movies about bad guys. Like, The Godfather is, like, about bad. Goodfellas sure. is about bad guys. Uh, you know, you can do it, but, I mean, it just... If they do it like, they're not going to do it with uh, Francis Ford Coppola directing or fucking Martin Scorsese. These are these guys, you know, from Sony. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen? But with then, these and guys. then, do you do this with? You know, you may not even need Tom Holland to make these movies. You just leave Spider Man in his costume and get him to do the voiceover, and he just shows up every now and then, and the movie revolves around Craven. But that would be such a fucking tease. I'd be like, I just want to see more Spider Man. I don't give a shit about it. I mean, I, I think l- these are all bad ideas. This is all bad ideas. <laughs> I've like been shaking my head. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> None of this makes sense. Uh, so we know Iron Man is in the first Homecoming movie. Apparently, in the sequel, they are just going to get another MCU hero to show up. So these Spider-Man movies are like the Marvel team-up. Like, it's Spider-Man and a different established MCU character in each one. I'm okay with that. I think that's kind of fun. They're going to give him Daredevil. No, not, no, it won't. It's going to be a movie, dude. It's not going to be Daredevil. Oh. It's probably going to be a movie, dude. Maybe like a... I would go uh, like give a, a Doctor Strange. Do- yeah. Well, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man have history. Always, yes. They always have yep. team-ups, right? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're buddies. Uh, Winter Soldier, would that work? Maybe not. No, you could not throw an Ant-Man. That could, could be fun. That'd be a ton of fun. Yeah, that could be Paul good. Rudd and Paul uh, Rudd. So if they do the... Hulk? You could do Hulk. That, I mean, oh, you could do you could do a lot. You could do a lot. Spider Man is very versatile. Karen, you could do and Thor. You watching could do him interact with other characters is kind of fun. Finally, to round it out at the end, Kevin Feige has a, has a great line. He says, "Suddenly, this goes from being a third reincarnation in a sixth movie to a first. It's the first time Spider Man gets to interact with the world in which he belongs. So that's exciting, and uh, the movie's coming closer. And the runtime's out. It's going to be a nice, big, chunky two hours and thirteen minutes." Of a Spider-Man Homecoming goodness. Exciting. But, but that's a lot of uh, little tidbits. Yeah, there. that was a that was a really, really interesting are you, article. Are you amped for this movie? I'm 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 slowly getting more excited I, as the days pass. Yeah. Uh because I just I don't want I'm I'm tired of sick of like dodging spoilers and uh just show me the movie. 
Show me the movie. I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll see. I do want that little. Did you see that little Spiro, the 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 toy company that made BB-8? They made this little Spider-Man toy where you kind of talk to him and his eyes move, and he just has jokes, and he's uh, it's uh, it's cute. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> want that. It doesn't yeah. move, but you could like have a conversation with uh, Spider-Man. I ain't see it. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's I, I'm Spiro. excited for this. Yeah, for Homecoming. Yeah. I am not not excited for any other Sony's plans. No, that's so like clearly, uh, Fiji needs to talk to Pascal. He needs to. They need to have a sit down. Be like, all right, what the fuck are you doing? Wait, I mean, they're gonna look at how this movie, re- like how the box office is, how people react, and they'll probably. What this adjust. kind of shows to me though is how much Sony is really desperate. I mean, they're they're looking for something. They've uh, yeah, and they're looking. To, I mean, they're they're looking to have this again launch another universe they've lost their fucking mojo man like they haven't had anything in a long time and this I mean, is- when you're talking about silver <laughs> and black and craven yes. stereo i mean these are it's you're going out there on a limb with films you know, if you take yeah. dr strange and put a fishbowl on his head you got mysterio oh shit. that's pretty much it that's all you gotta do it's just craven and mysterio is it's a really weird pitch i would love to see an adaptation of uh the last what was it the last hunt craven's last yeah. hunt holy shit that would be amazing that'd be cool but he's wearing the black costume in but there then, but then craven's he's the lead no what <laughs> i mean he in that storyline you could actually make him like a co-lead and he could have as much screen time as spider-man because that's the way it kind of goes back and forth you you really learn a lot about craven what what if you did like a uh, Norman Osborn sort of like Darth Vader feel where like he's this awesome corporate guy developing weapons and then he he makes a bad turn and becomes like by the end of the movie he's he's Grey Goblin. He's Goblin he's a bad person. Yeah. Does anybody want to see a Goblin origin movie though? I don't know. I'm just throwing things <laughs> out there. I mean, if, if Sony's going to try to make money, someone's got to help him. Plus I don't think they touch Goblin again cuz they're just like let's they fucking could, buy something. But not else. now. No, it's too Right now is not the time. No. You got two. You got the stink of the other. Let's, let's not go back goblin. to the well. Right. Yeah. Like we said, you have 900 characters. I appreciate you're trying to pull these characters, but none of this makes sense, Sony. I would rather them do Craven's Last Hunt and yes. then do the death of Gene DeWolf. Oh, that would be great, too. And some other shit, you know? What if you did uh, Spider-Man, what, 2099? So you just threw it way in the future. Mm. Was it Miguel O'Hara? Might, yeah. might as well do Miles Morales then. Right? Well, they're doing animated. They are doing the animated Miles Morales. Well, I yeah. think Miles would be a little too confusing if you had Miles and Peter at the same time. But that's, you know. If you went way in the future, you could be like, this is 2099. You could do that Spider-Man storyline, which featured Miles and Peter Parker, both the universes. And it was because of Mysterio. Oh, who, who wrote it? Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, okay. I was I was hoping you were going to say what's Dan Slott. Slot. That was a, that I believe uh, way would get all pissy. They're doing a sequel. There's going to be Spider-Man 2 where I guess they cross Spider-Verse was Dan Slot. Yes. Spider-Island, yeah. Spider-Verse, Rugboy Relax. I can hear your heartbeat <laughs> fucking getting pissed. <laughs> Copy all those storylines. <laughs> uh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> they want to make money. <laughs> oh, snap. I see. Oh, nice. I see. I like that. They want to make money. Uh, uh, last bit of MCU news. We got a pretty fun. I just like this picture. It was a behind the scenes shot posted by Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and in it, you have from left to right, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange in costume, Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, and fucking Benedict Wong, who's <laughs> the guy's name is actually Wong, I believe. He plays Wong, yes. but they're all sitting at a table. Uh, there's that uh, Tony Stark and Cumberbatch are rocking goatees. But look, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Hulk, and Wong in one shot. That looks like fun. What are they eating? 
I don't know. They're eating like he's holding up a uh, hot sauce. The guys and Rob Downey Jr. It's not shawarma. Although people have pointed out there may be a little bit of a spoiler in this photo. Can you guys figure out what it is? Oh, jeez. All right. You turn the photo off. Damn it. <laughs> well, there was an ad coming and I I'll don't want just, to. Fun. How about I just tell you what it is? Yeah, do it. What is it? Robert Downey Jr.'s shirt has a hole in it. That mysteriously or coincidentally looks like where the arc reactor would be. Now, he does this mean the arc reactor, because he didn't have it, right? He doesn't have it in him anymore. He doesn't have the arc reactor anymore. Is the arc reactor going to have to go back in in Infinity War? Why is there a hole there? Some people have slack holes. They got slack holes. You have an arc reactor in your slack hole, Rugs. What else do you do with a slack hole? Uh, you can put an arc reactor in it. You can put an arc reactor in it. Fun, <laughs> yeah. fun photo, though. I mean, I love these yeah, guys cool. have fun. You can see their chemistry. And uh, uh, like that movie's going to be fucking crazy. Scott- I was reading yeah. that, uh, side note, I was reading that uh, Chadwick Boseman was on Kimmel, and apparently he was uh, grilling him on Infinity War, and he was saying there's lots of scenes where there's eight or nine characters well i read scarlett johansson in another show she said something like she's like i think in one scene there was like 30 heroes uh, standing around so that initial estimate of like 62 67 that may actually be true i thought they were just fucking with us but holy shit i'm gonna do that i don't know 30 fucking superheroes are these big name stars all in one scene that's what i'm genuinely curious about is the the balance act yeah how do you how do you make a competent how many was civil war that's like 12 it was like 11 or 12 12 yeah somewhere around there the russo brothers i mean i think they can handle it man i think they take what they learned in civil war and then they just have to i think civil war also had the benefit of being a a captain america film first yes yes you walked in and you were like it's civil war but it's a captain america well this one is like avengers this movie is is actually about 60 30 to 60 people everybody (laughs) yes (laughs) also it says in this article it this lays to rest early rumors that cumberpatch would be represented on set by a body double with him dubbing his lines, clearly he's there in time. He's done <laughs> filming Sherlock or something. He's there. He's there. Uh, okay, one more piece of oh, Marvel Universe news. This is over in the Fox Marvel, you. Look, time is ticking. Uh, the rights to Fantastic Four every day that goes by. Uh, one step closer to being reverted. One step closer to Fox being, you know what? Ah, fuck it. We got to give this back to them. But they're not giving up on making a Fantastic Four movie. Editor-in-Chief Rich Johnson posted an article earlier today regarding the reported reboot. Uh, they Bleeding Cold sources stress a new Fantastic Four film is in development that doesn't focus on the Marvel's team's original oh. members. Instead, the feature is set to follow Franklin and Valeria. The two children of Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman. According to the reports, the human torch and the thing will appear as the film is going to be a kid-friendly film following its young leads. Lame. Uh, is this a good idea? No one's going to give two fucks about this. They want to make pretty much, they want to make Incredibles uh, the live action version. Yeah, I was about to say that. They, it's already been done. It's what they should have done when they originally started making they, the Instead film. of the Josh Trank shit, they should have tried this first. Uh... But oh. uh, so Seth Graham Smith, uh, how do they know that this is not going to fail? Like, how do they not know <laughs> that, this? Again, it goes back to Anthony's point is, uh, they have to make a movie and it's going to yeah. suck because that's the worst reason to make a movie. They have to make a movie. They can't fi- They tried three times and they can't figure it four times. They can't fucking figure it out. Just leave it alone. 
Just, just give it back die. to Marvel. Well, they give can't. It back they, to Marvel. They, yeah, they have to. They'd have to give it back to Marvel if they leave it alone. I say they give it back to Marvel. Yeah, but yeah. they're gonna lose so much money. What, the write-off yeah. is better than losing the rights, I guess. I guess, or the, <laughs> or the, or the, the, the incentive that maybe they can make a hit and it launch something. I just think that they're cashing in a, a like a uh, a loss. Yeah, know? and they're gonna make money off of that loss somehow. There was a lot of uh, speculation. It wasn't actual rumors. It was just fans speculating that the way that Marvel was going to continue after Infinity War was like at the end of Infinity War. Yeah. They would get the rights rights back from Fox and then the Fantastic Four would appear and be like, oh shit. Oh shit. Fantastic Four are here. Now we can do the next phase of Marvel movies. But this totally kills that. No, they're Fox still is keeping the shit. I mean, that's sad. You know, the Fantastic Four originally what they were the first family of Marvel superheroes and it was kind of like a family drama. Uh, and then later on, you know, Franklin and Valeria played a big part in like the recent stuff and uh, uh, Hickman stuff into Avengers. And the kids are really smart. Uh, there is. But this movie, I liked the first time I saw it when it was called The Incredibles. So I don't know what they're going to do with this. How many modern Fantastic Four fans do you know? I mean, uh, there's people, dude, they, all the old school no. people are yes, into that. They're not even making the fucking comic books. There's not a Fantastic well, Four it's comic not, book. Not only that, but as a casual Fantastic Four fan, yeah. I've always found them, other than the thing, sometimes the torch, to be just really boring. Yeah. Well, they're really yeah. boring. I mean, family. we've talked about how stretchy powers are weird. It sucks. Yeah. That's a sh- shitty power. Uh, invisibility power is kind of lame. Human torch is always cool, but they, mm, I don't know. They just can't find the fucking tone for this thing. Again, go back, make it a 60s throwback, put it on Netflix, make it fucking all Jack Kirby. Movie Bob had a cool uh, plot synopsis, okay. an idea for them. Yeah. He was talking about if they ever were to get incorporated into Marvel. Like, no one would give a fuck about a team of superheroes because we've already had the Avengers. Right. But if you had them, like, from the 60s, like, go through a wormhole, and then they came back now, but they were still thinking it was the 60s, you could have a lot of fun with that. Oh, you know what that is? That is uh, the Brady Bunch uh, as a Fantastic Four movie. Right. That's what that is. Yeah. That could work. Yeah, I, th- I was like that. That's some time that travel, uh, fish out of water shit, fish out of water stuff, time travel. No, oh, that's not a movie. Bob's got some good ideas. Mm-hmm. Love the movie, Bob. All right, look, we're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna play some promos, and we're gonna come back and talk about some more geek stuff. After these messages, we'll be right back. I'm Jason. I'm Jeff, and I'm Blake from the History of Bad Ideas, and we'll get back to your regularly scheduled program here in just a second, geek listeners. But we do a weekly podcast called The History of Bad Ideas. Yeah, where we'll discuss things like television, or movies, or music, or games, or any other thing that falls into our geek-related uh, podcast knowledge. You can find us on uh, Geek Life Radio Fridays, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central. Or Radio-Blitz, Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. Or you can listen to us whenever the hell you want on iTunes and Stitcher. Check us out. Roger says goodbye. Goodbye. Hey there, everyone. My name's Carlos. And I'm Joe. Are you wondering what Captain America has to say about fascism, what the Iron Giant has to do with communism, or whether or not George Bush is the real Batman? Well, you are now. Have all your newfound questions answered on Thundersmash as Carlos and I, and a parade of guests, 
Dive into the nitty-gritty of your favorite nerdy stories to find out what they have to say about life's big philosophies and ideas. You can hear it all on www.thundersmash.com. See you there. Trivia Geeks, the unpredictable game show podcast is back with a brand new season. They've got a new host, new games, and a new day and time. But that's not all. Now you can download their companion app, Triv Now, and play along in real time. Watch Carrie on YouTube as she tries to convince her partner that his dark night hasn't risen in years. Listen on Diamond Club and Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter and get all the latest updates and showtimes. Hey, we got a great fan club on Patreon. If you want more show, if you're enjoying the Jock and Nerd podcast, just visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Uh, for a couple of shekels a month, a couple of rupees, a couple of dinars, a couple of bitcoins, whatever you want to pay us with, uh, you will get access to bonus audio and you're going to help us with some maintenance costs keeping the show going we have great patreons right now thank you all for supporting the show but it's a lot of fun over there you get like tons hours of bonus audio joggingnerd.com slash patreon continuing on the news okay now we get to the big fucking star wars han solo story that broke the internet and to be fair this is something that's not very common nope it's actually not from hearing people in the industry from what, uh, you know, Bilotti had, had, had commented to us and sent us some things. Basically, Chris Lord and Phil Miller, who are shooting the Han Solo spinoff movie due out next May, deep in production, five months in production, three weeks left to shoot, uh, just got fired. Oh, shit. <laughs> they got well, fired. Well, don't they have actually five weeks of reshoots also? They also had planned these reshoots, but... Uh, the unprecedented part is these guys were hired two years ago. They've been uh, with this movie since the beginning. They've had, uh, uh, you know, they had their voice in the casting. Uh, you know, Lawrence Kasdan and Kathleen Kennedy, the producers, the Lucasfilm people, even said at the D23 or Star Wars Celebration that these are the perfect directors. I remember all the articles going, the Han Solo movie has the perfect directors and here's why. But to be fired, they're still they're like actively shooting the movie. They took a little break, but they're shooting the movie. I don't think I can remember a time when directors were fired mid shoot this late. I don't yeah, think were. that's I happened. Think that, I think they wanted to fire them earlier, but mm-hmm. they just they had to pull. They were saying like, let's not cause a controversy. Let's see if we could pull this out, and then they couldn't. I think so. I think from a couple of these articles, Anthony, you just sent a, 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 a recent one of why the firing came. And mm-hmm. it, it is kind of what I thought they, they said. So, look, let's start with the official Lucasfilm message. And they have said Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are talented filmmakers who have assembled an incredible cast and crew. But it's become clear that we had different creative visions on this film and we decided to part ways. A new director will be announced Soon and yesterday they announced uh, Ron Howard. Ron Howard has the job. It took him two days. <laughs> they didn't wait. Uh, it didn't take him two days. When when hiring when someone is hired that quickly, yeah. they've had him ready to go oh, for a while. Okay, and, and yeah. I take I'm making a sports analogy. Yes, there's always like GMs and coaches that get fired. Yes, and then the team hires someone right away, and they're like, "We did this extensive search. No, you didn't. You knew who the fuck you wanted. <laughs> oh, shit. You already knew who you wanted when you when you made the move." Waiting okay, the wings. They had Ron Howard waiting for but a while. But here's the thing, the what you just said, they knew who they were hiring. 
These guys made a lot of money on the Lego movie. They made 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street. They come from TV. You know their style. It's it's comedic. It's very comedy. They and and from this article that you sent from Geek Tyrant, there's some great things that they I think they they felt that they were being hired to do a comedy movie when they pro- then Kathleen but Kennedy think, and the studio probably didn't think that. I think that what pissed them off more than anything was that they were doing shit that wasn't in the script. Mm. So they had they gave them a, a, a script to shoot. Yes, right. Yes, so they had lines. They yes. had they knew what they were getting. Yes, and these guys were just going off the rails. So yes, you're playing with fire if yes. you're doing that. Yeah. So there's here's the different sides. You have. Phil Miller and Chris Lord, who their their style of shooting is is a little bit improvisational. It's apparently right. it's a very loosey goosey, but they're known for their self referential wit and and comedy. And then you have fucking Kathleen Kennedy and Lawrence Kasdan. Like Kathleen Kennedy is a giant producer, uh, going back to like Huge. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like she has an amazing track record. George Lucas handpicked her to run Lucas Films. This is how much she's pretty much George Lucas. For all intents and purposes, Lawrence Kasdan, who fucking wrote Empire and has worked on Force Awakens and him and his son are working on this. Um, they uh, it seems like they thought the movie was was drifting away from the star being too Star Warsy enough and making Han Solo not a comedic guy, but more of like a suave, dry, sarcastic guy uh, and not just over the top funny. But I am curious to see some of that footage. I would love to see what they've uh, shot. I want to inter- yes. jump in right here. Yes. And- after I say this, I'm very curious what you guys think about this yes. because I know it seems like you guys lean towards more like the creatives and the director and fuck the studio, but there's a lot more to the story. Yes. Um, but what, what, what it popped out to me was when they were seeing the dailies and they were seeing how much improv was in the dailies, Yeah. which seems to me I've, I've seems there's a lot of controversy, not controversy, but there's a lot of debate on even if improv in movies is actually good, a good thing. Yeah. Depends on the movie. Like, Right, but like, like a lot of people think that when you do that improv, you're and you're ruining, the, like you're going off script. It almost takes away too much from the tone of what you was originally being gone for. Yeah. So there's a lot of debate even in just using improv in in storytelling. Well, well, you have to be good at improv. You have to have a cast that's good. Now on a movie like Spinal Tap, also, but it can sure. get like, but it also can get go off the rails real quick oh, yeah. and take it, a scene that was intended as one thing and make it completely different. Improv doesn't necessarily have no. to do with comedy or no. anything like that. No. I mean, a lot of improvisational groups are comedic, but mm-hmm. like that's just when you add your own thing that's not in the script. Sure. All right? Um, you can do that in a way that actually moves the story forward and helps the story. But if you're doing something and you're veering away from the script and you're kind of losing the focus, that's bad. Mm-hmm. And sometimes actors that are full of themselves, they insist on on riffing. Yes. And then, like, I think Ryan Reynolds does this. I think yes. Robert Downey Jr. does it sometimes or whatever. Yeah. And you got to, if you have a, a focus, especially if you with a tempo film that has a certain style, has a certain audience that they have to cater to. There's a lot of money riding on it. They don't want to spoil the, you know, the franchise. Yep. They got to, they got to, like, uh, unfortunately, kind of, Watch over everything. There's a lot yeah. of expectations, and you're, while you're improving, you're fucking you're wasting money, you know, because yeah. things are taking longer. Well, it, se- it seems like too in, in comedies, especially that improv nowadays, especially when you hire either comedic directors or comedians in film, yeah. improv is is very encouraged in a comedy. But did they yeah. think that they were signing saying, on yeah. to film a comedy? Look, that well, the, who knows the boat scene in Wonder Woman apparently was entirely improv. There's an example of good improv yeah. in one specific scene. 
because it probably just came out organically. Now, if they're making like a slapstick Han Solo movie, the other thing is, so they weren't willing to compromise. Like you guys said, they, they, they were given a script. They're hired to shoot this script, right? That's right. your job. This is what we're paying you. Now, I guess they tried to work with them and uh, Lord and Miller were like, nah, wait, that we're going to do this our way or no way. This is how but we shoot movies. With Rogue One, they stepped in too. Okay, right? The right. thing, yeah. So Rogue One, massive extensive reshoots. And I think for the better, a little bit of brand quality control from the studios, like they brought in Tony Gilroy. They paid him $5 million. He gets like a directing credit to reshoot pretty much the whole like huge last act. But the other side of this, these spinoffs were meant to be a little bit different outside of the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. I thought they were going to be these are the movies that don't need to be Star Warsy. That can experiment with different genres, kind of like what Marvel does. Like one well, is Rogue a, One did that. It did that. It was they did that. They gave us a battle movie. Absolutely. It just needed to be tightened up at the end and then give us a Darth Vader killing people. Everything's forgiven. I think it went from being more like of an apocalypse now yeah. to like a Star Wars. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it had it was a definite awesome battle movie. So yeah. they I think that was a success. I think Kathleen Kennedy and Kazda, whatever they did with that one. That that's precedented that that worked. It ended up working yeah. out. So who I want to ask you guys this? Who's, there's no sides. They you know they were fired. They said creative differences. Whose sides are are you guys on? Are you on the, the new wave of directors who want to do things their way and exercise their creative right, or are you on the side of the old school suits who who know what they want? Ron Howard, like so this to this point, Ron Howard is a perfect pick. He's an old dude. He's older dude. He's his track record is great. He knows how to work with studios, and he may even be a little bit too safe for this. But Maybe. he's gonna do what they want. He's gonna work well with them. Whose side are you guys on? I have an answer, but I'll wait for Anthony to go. Okay, I'll, I'll then I'll then I will start. Um, I understand both sides. I understand like you sh if you're hiring creatives to do something awesome, let them be creative. We don't know how the interview ever went. Yeah, between these two yeah. factions, and as someone that has interviewed lots of people for jobs, yeah. Just because you have an awesome interview doesn't really mean yeah. you're going to work well together. Doesn't always pan out. Doesn't, doesn't always Anthony. pan out the way you think it's going to go on both sides. Uh, you, yeah. you might be misled. Yeah, you're the things you might you say might be misinterpreted and vice versa. Yeah. Um, what we're getting right now is a lot of the studios side of things because they're just releasing a ton of shit yeah. through sources. Yeah. Um, and if this is all true, although you know the, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but it seems to me that Lord and Miller kind of got. A little, uh, you know, a little too big for their a little ahead riches. of themselves. Yeah, yeah, a little ahead of themselves over here, and and thought they were hot, hotter shit than they really were. Yeah, and I, I don't see how you can go into a Star Wars franchise and think you're going to have carte blanche. And do what example? Yeah. Ah, so okay, I'm leaning towards the studio on ah, this one. Interesting. Okay, because of because of everything that's come out now, Lord and Miller might come out with statements and. I don't think they will because I think they want to stay in the film they business. Want to so work. They want to work. Yeah, yeah, they want to work. Yeah. So they probably the side will never come out. But from what we're hearing, the studio is kind of. I kind of see why the studio is like, dude, get the fuck out. What are you guys doing? This is Star Wars. Fucking fired. All right, that's I, I interesting. Got, Rugs. I got two examples. For okay. You. Blade. Yeah. And Batman. Okay. 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 First Blade movie by Stevie Norrington was almost a perfect movie. Yeah. All right, the second one by Guillermo del Toro, completely different director, different take. The third movie directed by David Goyer, another different take. Yeah. And they strayed away from what made Blade work. Yeah. 
All right, yeah. but Guillermo del Toro was was interesting. But I mean, by the time they got the Trinity, it was like so far away from that first movie. They should have stuck with the first guy. Yeah, they should, but they fucking pissed him off. Now, Batman, you have Michael, my, uh, what do you, Tim Burton? Yeah, Tim Burton. I'm say Michael Keaton for some reason. <laughs> Tim Burton, and then they go, you go to fucking the other guy, uh, what's uh, his name? Schumacher. Schumacher, Schumacher yeah. who's got a completely different take. That's not he tried to do like Tim Burton, and then he fucked up the whole thing. Yep. So it's like there is a once you establish. Like, I understand you hire a creative to kind of have the vision in the first place. Yeah. But once you establish what the product is, you have to stay within a certain boundary, especially with a tentpole franchise that has an established fan base. Like people who want to see these characters, they want to see these characters a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you have to be true to that. So I understand if, you, if you're going to hire someone to make the first movie, yeah. they're going to set the tone. Like Tim Burton set the tone. Yeah. But then these people are veering off the tone and... You know, obviously, Batman and Robin is not a good movie because Schumacher just did whatever the fuck he wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So y- you got you have to. Uh, these are just not just movies. They're part of a history. They're part of an established thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's more than just a movie. So whose side? What? Whose side are you on? <laughs> so whose side? Yeah. I'm, I'm whose side am I on in this particular thing? Yeah. Star Wars. The, the studio. I'll also throw yeah. in yeah. that, and this is going to sound like me defending corporations, but it's just the matter of the fact. When Star Wars is a billion dollar franchise, yeah, you're, and Kathleen Kennedy is a renowned producer. Yes, there's no chance in hell that they're not going to stick their hands in everything. What's everything? But what's there's funny, so much money on the line. There's there's a lot going on. You don't, here. You don't go into franchise films to be creative artists. Yeah, here's something true. I read though that's weird is apparently Colin Trevorrow had full reign on The Last Jedi and Kathleen Kennedy micromanaged the shit out of the Han Solo spinoff. So either they're more concerned with the spinoffs being way off brand and they're just like that, you know, the main episode movies are going to be what they are because they're clearly Star Wars. You know what you're getting into. But Look, while the the prospect, when I originally heard this, like it was exciting that they're picking these guys to do a Han Solo movie. Right. I'm I I have to. You got to agree with Kathleen Kennedy. She has the track record. Me. They've showed us what they did with Rogue One. This is she. She's quality control. And uh, the fact that it took this long is weird. But it sounds like they tried to work with them, and there was just no compromise. So it's it's a late move, but I th- I kind of feel it's the it's going to be the right move for the movie. One of the reasons that they do this is because they want to hire these artists because they want they don't want every movie to be the same. Like Marvel's is starting to, you know, the formula and everything and kind of be predictable and interchangeable. So you need a fresh look to in order to give something a different angle. But sometimes, I mean, you got to know your limits. That's all. Like, do you like there are guys out there. They just don't want to be the director for hire. You know, they 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 have this whole vision. What do you how do you think Ron Howard will do? I, I think Rugboy brought up a good point, though, in that if you want to be real creative, you can't do it in a tentpole. You franchise. can't do it in a big ass fucking ecosystem universe like this. That's for sure. I think she she was looking over their shoulder a lot, probably because. I mean, their their movie credits are is all. Yeah. Real, I mean, yeah. Heavy yes. comedy. Yes. I mean, and, and Han Solo. From the from what I've gathered, he he is a smart ass, but I don't. You'll never see a Star Wars movie that's full out comedy. No, no. no I he, mean, yeah. Star Wars was a little bit uh, the the first you know first three 
there was a little element of a lightness to it. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of a light jab and a little wink at, of an eye to the to the viewer. But uh, the newer ones are a lot more serious. And after Rogue One, it, they they went completely serious in Rogue One. There was no jokes at all in that, really. So that's true. I mean, I think sh- they their initial intention was. To add a little comedic touch, let's get some comedy directors. But it just went way off the rails, and 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 it's when you start became, ignoring the script, it gets scary. Yeah, you can't, ex- especially when it's written by like Lawrence Kasdan and his son, who who know their Star Wars. Like I, I think Lord and Taylor probably thought, Lord and Miller, Lord and Taylor. Lord and Taylor. Is Taylor. A, well, that's a that's a, that's a fucking department that's store. A clothing store. Yeah, I think I've, I've probably been saying Lord and Taylor this entire I don't know, time. Taylor Swift, Lord and Taylor Swift, Lord and Miller. Yeah, I I, I feel like Lord and Miller. With I'm just looking at their filmography. Yeah. I feel like they probably thought they had the clout to boss people to do whatever they wanted because yeah. I mean they got the Twenty One Jump Street, yeah. which is a, a franchise. Yeah. They 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 produced the Lego Batman. They, dude, they, the the Lego movie they made Lego huge again. They yeah, that movie they made so made much money. Two, I mean, before Twenty One Jump Street came out, no everyone thought no one talked about Twenty One. No, Jump and, and those are those are great movies. So but, those are two franchises yes. that they've probably they've had a hand in, and yes. they're probably like, dude, we know our shit. We know franchises. But they couldn't just play ball and add a little bit of comedy where it needed it and shoot the script. It's not. It's not. It's not what I'm getting is. It's not a, a Josh Trank situation no, where you no. took a guy that made a movie with a little bit of money, no. and then plucked him into a big budget film. These are guys that were working in big budget. No, these and these guys are good. Like they're talented. They're very good. This is just not. Maybe it's not the right. It's project. it's not your classic small budget creative against the big studio no, is what I'm getting no. at too. But, but it just happens every once in a while. Yeah. But it, I don't think it's ever happened this late in, they were like, they had like three weeks left to shoot or something like this is like, <laughs> it, also here's the other question. These, if a lot of the cast came on because they were like, Oh, this is Lord and Miller. This is going to be different. I'm into it. Now they're kind of, they can get out of their contracts, but they're kind of stuck. You know, what are they going to think? Like I came on because of these guys and now they got fired and now we got fucking Opie directing us. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think you, I, th- I think when you're in a, a star Wars film, I don't think it matters. Well, that's who the true. Fuck I think you're, it, you're in it. And, and you're then you go, famous. Oh wait, I'm fucking Han Solo. I'll be fine. Right. <laughs> yeah, be you fine. got Alden Einenreich being like, All, I'm yeah, Han Solo. Danny Glover. I just think that if they go too funny, it's going to be space balls. Yeah, there yeah. you you have to. I I agree, Rugs. There's a really there's a balance of drama, sci-fi, a little bit of comedy. It's got to be Whedon esque. That's the way. Because that's the only way you can do it. Yeah, you don't want to see it's, yeah. where there's comedy, but there's still high stakes and still reality. Involved. And then there's character moments where there's the comedy. But this is like this is his origin. We want to see how he became the snarky, smartass, kind of sarcastic dude. Uh, where this started from. Uh, my other question is, do you think maybe they should slow down on this plan of putting out a fucking Star Wars movie every year if two times now on these spinoffs they've gotten fucking, they've had trouble? Like, what is this rush? Well, I mean, Rogue One ended up being good. So yeah, it did. If there, was, if there was trouble, and I'm putting that in quotes, it didn't matter, right? This is why I trust Kathleen Kennedy is because of that and her. Should they slow down? Should should they take their time with things? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Dude, they're they're trying to make it some money. Well, they're trying to they're trying to follow that Marvel model. This, despite all this, they said this is still going to hit the May May date next year. So this like this Star Wars this year comes out in December, and then you don't even got to wait a year. You're going to get Han Solo in May. Uh, you'll get the next one, and then you'll get the next one. You get the next one, and the next one, and it'll just keep going. But hey, one last thing to wrap this up. I found this great article on CBR that was posted today titled Edgar Wright explains why he left Marvel's Ant-Man because the Edgar Wright 
Uh, so that's the clo- one of the closer parallels, that's right? That's the closest parallel you are going to find. Ended up working out, too, actually. Ended up working out. So he opened up, and he said, I think the most diplomatic answer is, I wanted to make a Marvel movie, but I don't think they really wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie. Wright said in an interview with Variety, it was a really heartbreaking decision to have people walk away after having worked on it for so long, because me and Joe Cornish in some form... It's funny. Some people say, oh, they've been working on it for eight years. And that was somewhat true. But in that time, I had made three movies. So it wasn't like I was working on it full time. But after the world's end, I did work on it for like a year. I was going to make the movie. Uh, Then he went on to explain how issues arose. And he was asked to hand over finishing touches to people within the studio. A very different approach than what he was used to, given his career of personally handling creative decisions from start to finish. And I think Lord Miller went through the same thing. I think they weren't, they were, they were not going to give it to anybody. If they had brought someone else in to do the reshoots, they would not have, that would not have flown. So then he says, but then I was the writer director on it and they wanted to do a draft without me and having written all my other movies, that's a tough thing to move forward thinking. If I do one of these movies, I would like to be the writer director, suddenly becoming a director for hire on it. You're sort of less emotionally invested and you start to wonder why you're there. Really? And I bet those guys went through the same thing because they're going to be like, are we just directors for hire or did you hire us for a reason? Well, now we know. Now we know. Peyton Reed saved Ant-Man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful movie and I kind of want to see Baby Driver. It looks like fun. No, oh, it's going to be awesome. Edgar Wright, Ant-Man probably would have been interesting. Weird. Weird. Good. <laughs> Very probably weird. good. Yeah. Um, the circumstances behind that, though, are a little different in that Edgar Wright was trying to make an Ant-Man film in 2006. Way before, well, not way before, but before the official be- start before, of the MCU. Yes. Yeah. And and by the time it finally got the green light, the circumstances had completely changed. Mm-hmm. Now he was, instead of making its own little thing, he had to play in a sandbox. And, so, yeah. That, That's a good know, point. That would have, that changed a lot. Yeah. That movie came out okay, but man, this... It came, I'm just saying, yeah. like you know, when, when you change the circumstances that much... It it doesn't sh- it doesn't shock me that he wanted to leave and that Marvel was like what the hell we, what are you doing yeah, here because suddenly it's like this is a completely different movie now this different isn't movie, my movie yeah. it was already a different movie what am I doing but whereas on uh, Han Solo it happened very quick well not very quick I guess they were trying to work with it man that's just crazy that's crazy shit like just to be fuck I think they were in the running for the Flash movie I think fucking they should go back and do I the Flash movie yeah. I think that will be great on the Flash movie. Would be a fucking slapstick comedy Three Stooges Flash movie. You really think that these guys are really that talented? I think the comedy is really good. I mean, I feel like that Twenty One Drum Street was okay, was good, and I think the Lego movie was overhyped, I, way overhyped. I, I do. I mean, I even think Lego Batman's overhyped. It's, so what it's are you not, saying? How great they are? Look, it's not my thing, but it's clearly. <laughs> I don't understand. Like you're blowing these guys up, like they're like James Cameron or some look, shit. Those those movies made a lot of money for their studios. That, yeah, but that doesn't mean counts. anything. Yeah, so did Jurassic Park, that's that true. fucking Jurassic World, that was a piece of shit. It made tons yeah. of money. Josh, Dra- yeah, and, and, that's funny you say that. Josh, Jurassic World made tons of money, and then Colin Trevorrow is now directing Star Wars yeah, Three. Yeah, see what <laughs> see you see what happens here. <laughs> that's what happens. See what happens. Yeah. I don't. I, I've never seen. I actually have only seen parts of Twenty One Drum Street. It's and never seen funny. anything else. It's good by Lord and Miller. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're like. Well, I they, mean, I seen the movie once. I didn't like. Wasn't hankering to see it again. You know, it was fresh. It was a fresh well, take on Twenty One Jump Street. It wasn't old school. That's a fucking movie you can watch over and over again. Uh, has rewatchability. Maybe we'll get the Men in Black uh, t- uh, Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, it's going to be MIB Twenty Three. MIB Twenty Three, baby. Ugh, oh no. Okay. <laughs> 
All right, let's. I got a couple more bits in the news. I got some Godzilla news, real quick. Godzilla yeah. sequel begins production, and we have. They are confirmed. The other monsters will be Rodan, Mothra, and King Ghidorah. Is that how you say it? Ghidorah. Sure. Yeah, that's a version of saying Ghidorahs. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's begun production. It's gonna be directed by Michael Doherty, and it's got Vera Farmiga in it. Ken Watanabe. Sally Hawkins are coming back. Kyle Chandler will be in this movie. Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things, who plays Eleven in her feature film debut. Bradley Whitford will be in this movie. Oh, and Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's going to be in this movie. And Aisha Hins and Golden Globe nominee Zhang Z from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. they don't have Zhang Z play a Japanese person. Of course, she's gonna play the Japanese person. <laughs> she's gonna be one of the Mothra ladies. Well, oh, oh yeah, so here's yeah, yeah. the uh, synopsis. The new story follows the heroic efforts of the cryptozoological agency Monarch as its members face off against a battery of god-sized monsters, including the mighty Godzilla, who collides with Mothra, Rodan, and his ultimate nemesis, the three-headed King Ghidorah. When these ancient superspecies, thought to be mere myths, rise again, they all vie for supremacy leaving humanity's very existence hanging in the balance. That right there sounds like a, a very Godzilla movie. It's gonna be, Godzilla's going to have like 30 seconds of screen time. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> oh, how are you no. going to share it with the three other oh, monsters? Please don't. So what do you think of this setup? So it'll be all the monsters fighting for who rules, and maybe humanity is like trying to protect themselves, or is Godzilla on the side of humanity, and what's going to At happen? this point, it doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. Like, they just have to fight each other, and no, that's yeah. all we really want to see. why are they fighting? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. I Does it really matter? Like, I mean, no. Would you rather have like a, two hours of all that bullshit that we saw in the last movie, and then I'd rather no. just see like the I, let's just cut to the like yeah, the last give me two hours of, the movie. of monster battles. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I just want to by the end of it be rooting against King De- King Ghidorah. Oh, you want him to God- be the really bad villain? Yeah, he's always been the bad guy. Well, Mothra is a friend to Godzilla, or not? Mm, sometimes they have an alliance. Rodan on and Mothra—they both like uh, help out Godzilla. Do you think they're going to be? Against Godzilla in this? How would they play yeah. that? Or maybe one of them will like turn and help and save him in a There's moment. three flying things. There are. Flying around. Godzilla's going to have to learn to fly. Oh, my God. He won't be able to touch them. They just fly away. What's it, he going to do? Be, it'll probably be similar to the God, King Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, where Godzilla is fighting with these animals, and then Mothra is the smart one that realizes, hey, we're, we need to fight the bigger threat. You think we will and see? And they all turn around and they and they get Ghidorah. Yeah, they will. We will see the Mothra twins. We got you gotta, at least you got to at least get an allusion, allude to them at least. Yeah, I, I was thinking about that post credit scene from King Kong yeah. Skull Island. Yeah, with the drawings, with the drawings, which was kind of cool, yeah. right? I liked it. Yeah, but <laughs> when I think about, it, I'm like, God, that really made no fucking sense. So you're showing characters in the 1970s yeah. when this movie happened yeah. about things that they will be probably dead for when that when this movie comes out oh the characters in the movie who discovered yeah. it well you're yeah, be- like you're showing them you bet dead you're- those characters are dead at this point <laughs> you better hope they tell there's their no kids connection between tom hiddleston's character and this godzilla film if that shit shows up again somebody's gonna have to like could conveniently stumble upon the files of, oh, look, oh, there was these things. We knew things. about this in the 70s. It's going to be an email and a YouTube video <laughs> like BVS. They're not involved in this movie, so it don't matter. No, yeah. I know. It just made no sense. It's like, wait, what? They're filming. Why would you tell characters about film of something that's not going to happen to them ever? <laughs> that is that is kind of weird. That's why it's post-credits. Uh, they're <laughs> filming in Georgia, right, where they film uh, Walking Dead and shit, and uh, this will be out March 2019. 
So Jesus right Christ. a ways March away, 19. Oh my God. And then you get Godzilla versus King Kong in 2020. So Holy this fuck, movie is uh, just under two years away, but that's the, exciting. The only thing I would say is, yeah. as a Godzilla fan, yeah. I know King Kong is probably the bigger name, but I feel like Godzilla's got a tougher task ahead of him in this film yeah. than he does when he fights King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> Godzilla's like going into like a fucking... Tag team match here. <laughs> it's gonna be like this a, a battle w- royale. WWE pay per view. Gotcha. Yeah. Royal Monsters style. And then Jinder Jindal Mahal wins. Jindal Mahal. What was his name? Um, Jinder Mahal wins. At Jinder the end. Mahal, I can't say his yeah. name. The fucking He's still Broga. a champ. He's still the champ at yeah. the after backlash. Good for him. Yeah. Good for the brown guy. That means he doesn't have to go back to driving an Uber and working at Dunkin' Donuts. Pe- oh, by the way, <laughs> I'll say it on the show so that maybe one day we'll have a guest on. But one of my old coworkers who is a huge pro wrestling fan was was very unpleased with both of your comments and wants to come on the show to debate Good. it. Good. Bring him. Pro what comments. Remember when we talked about he, WWE? He, he, the the, uh, the lack of knowledge about WWE <laughs> and, and the lack of understanding. Listen, I'm surprised I haven't got any hate emails for that yet. But look, I'm always happy to talk about someone who's really passionate about something. And of course, you know me. He'll probably turn me on fucking wrestling. You, Dude, oh, I, I'm sorry, but like when I see like a, a person who still watches wrestling, oh, like no. it, oh, I, no. I, I just I, I roll my eyes so oh, much. No. Like okay, in no. my head, I'm like, oh, my God, no. how do you even... How? This could be We're a, making it worse. This is going to be a great show. <laughs> Rugs has to definitely be on when he comes on. To, look, come on. I don't know if it'll ever happen, but we'll get him on <laughs> I sometime. Li- I could, I could make a couple of points. Listen, you know, listener, but, who who, who uh, I'm talking to. Come on, back your shit up. I, uh, you have an open platform right here. Tell me why it's cool. <laughs> Tell me why. Oh, that'd be great. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I like going to watch the same exact thing happen in the same exact environment For all the time. Years. Oh snap! Oh no! Nothing ever different happens oh, ever. No. Look, if this doesn't this get is us- as bad as me calling our audience virgins. Yes, this is all. <laughs> somebody, if this doesn't get us hate mail from wrestling fans, I don't oh, know no. what will. Bogdan ninety six is gonna lose his shit. Oh shit! You fuckers oh, no. don't know anything about WWE. Go I, fuck yourself. I really think there's a huge crossover too between our audience. There and really is. Uh, <laughs> Listener, look, if you like wrestling, it's fine. Whatever. Just it's saying. Fine. I don't. Uh, I saw it once. I don't need to see it again. Rug Boy is judging you. <laughs> That's all I do. <laughs> Anthony judges the nerds best. for not getting laid. Rug Boy judges the wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah. Mm. All right. Last Sometimes thing. they're one and the same. They are. Yeah, they can be the same guy. <laughs> the Venn diagram has a huge overlapping section <laughs> right there. Look, yeah. Yes. Uh, to wrap up the new section, I thought it would be funny to just look at the headline reviews of the latest Transformers movie because, boy, are there some good ones. Uh, this movie is at 15% at Rotten oh. Tomatoes. So I've seen headlines like Transformers The Last Night is two hours of racist robot torture. Oh. Yay! Uh, Michael Bay's latest is 2017's most toxic movie. Uh, running out of gas with 15.6 million opening day. Uh, the last night destined to be king despite bad buzz. A gorgeous summer blockbuster with no soul. Fifth times the charmless. Uh, the, the last night as tinnitusly inducingly pointless as ever. Uh, last night reaches new levels of badness. Uh, yeah. Wow. This is, uh, this movie is just getting trouts and it's hilarious. There's no reason for this movie. No, he no. said he said he's done after this, but then he's also Good. said we're planning like 17 spinoffs. Well, 
what they're doing the reason for this movie is obviously for money but also i think they're they're not not only trying to make a transformers shared universe but i think a a hasbro shared universe oh they're trying to do the toys with the gi joe so everything yeah and china will probably eat this up I don't know. I don't know if China's that gullible. Lee, you think they'll eat this up? There's a good one. A movie that is at once loud, yet incoherent, complex, yet idiotic, and expensive, yet worthless. Nailed it! Well, these movies are not for us, really. <laughs> no. It's for the international audience. They're just point, dumb yeah. movies. I love it. I love it. That cheered me up. Reading Just reading the headlines was, was a joy. Uh yeah, and they premiered in Chicago. Actually, they had like I things on that. the river. Yeah, yeah, it was on a barge. Yeah, or some there was shit. like yeah. float up the Optimus Prime and some other Ooh. shit. So, oh, I remember tra- the last Transformers. I have a an Asian friend yeah. that is attractive that was cast in it. <laughs> oh, really? As like an extra for oh. like a scene for the Chinese audience. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so like they are definitely. Is she in it? Did they cut her? Did she see herself? She's in it. I, I never watched the movie. So <laughs> I don't know if she's in it. I never asked. I dare you to stay awake through that. Thing. <laughs> oh God, I couldn't. I watched awake. about twenty, thirty minutes. I was like, I oh couldn't my God. stay awake long enough to. It made sixty-two million opening night. Uh, which was it is, already out? Yeah, it came when out. You have a movie that where shit is constantly exploding. Yes, like and you fall asleep. Yeah, there's a problem. That's bad. So that 65 million is lower than the la- what the last movie opened uh, to for the week. Has Michael Bay made a good movie? Let's have a, yeah. Look, we've Do you guys like Bad Boys or The Island? Or? <laughs> I love The Island. That's the, the one I, I always good. go back okay. to. The island is that we've had this discussion what about before. the original bad boys. I, you guys like that's that? That's not bad or it's time. Well, it's time. It's definitely. Okay. I mean, you got fucking Will Smith and uh, what's his face. It's a like, 90s movie. Yeah. Like it, it, in if you look at it with other like tango and cash, it holds up pretty good. Oh, nice. no. <laughs> or like the rock. The rock's a good movie for its time. Again, yeah, it's a, it's a good it's 90s. Blockbuster. It looks like he kind of fell off the wagon. Then when he started making Armageddon in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Well, he tried to make a legit movie pro pro harbor right. and it yeah. was it just fell short and you could see the weakness that he has as a director. Mm. And then he was like, "Fuck it, I'm just making giant loud Transformers movies uh for the rest of my life." And then now after 5 he's done. So But he's pretty But he makes some great Victoria's Secret commercials. I guess they're doing <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, he directed that those too. Really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thirteen hours pain and gain. I, they're working on more bad boy movies, bad boys movies, I guess. Oh my god! Look, that's the, it, it's a it's a it's a summer big dumb summer sequels. Okay, that's it for the news. Before we wrap up, I just want to say happy birthday to Batman Returns. A little movie called Batman Returns turns at twenty five this week. Holy shit, twenty five! Right? Isn't that crazy? It came out June nineteenth. God damn it, nineteen ninety two. So twenty five years ago. God, I feel old. I know. I feel like my balls are dusty. Twenty <laughs> five year old dust that's watching that movie. The movie they gave us a hot ass Michelle Pfeiffer and a Catwoman. I thought she was smoking. Yeah, gave us Dan DeVito eating raw fish, like just yeah. eating fish. Christopher Walken. Doing Chris, being Christopher Walken. <laughs> yeah, that's Christop- always good. He's just Christopher Walken. So uh, Hollywood Reporter caught up with Tim Burton and Michael Keaton and all these people. And uh, there's some interesting details, takeaways from this article uh, about uh, Batman Returns. Annette Benning was originally cast as Catwoman, but then she got preggers and uh, they got uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Wasn't What's-Her-Name also trying to get cast? What was her name? She would show dressed up as Catwoman. 
Sean Young. Sean Young. Nobody. Who the fuck? Nobody remembers Sean Young. That she didn't do anything after that. Doesn't ring a bell at no, all. she was. She was in Blade Runner, and that's the only thing she was in. And she would like. She showed up to their office like dressed as Catwoman. It wasn't even an audition. She just like showed up. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer trained for months, performed all her own whip stunts. It's kind of hot. She could use a whip. Uh, this one's interesting. Keaton cut a lot of his lines out to have Batman speak less in that movie. And I think that was probably a good call. I don't know. He just didn't want to memorize anything. <laughs> He's like, I'm like, fuck this movie. Fucking lines again. I just want to stand there and look cool. Yeah. Uh, McDonald's, one of the movie sponsors, objected to the black goo that came out of the penguin's mouth. <laughs> they were like, uh, and the black goo was Danny DeVito's idea. And McDonald's was like, oh, we can't. We can't. I can't. Hate. It was a dark movie. Yeah, it was. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's body needed to be covered in powder in order for her to slide into the Catwoman suit. And then they vacuum packed the suit. Uh, originally, okay. Pfeiffer's Catwoman costume didn't include a way for her to use the bathroom without having to completely undress. They, they fixed that. DeVito's penguin makeup took four and a half hours uh, to put on. Real life penguins on set had their own air conditioned dressing room with the swimming pool. <laughs> Three different species of penguins were used. There were some big penguins. Remember, like, the really big fucking king-sized penguins? Danny DeVito stays in character as long as he was in the penguin costume. Michelle Pfeiffer actually put a live bird in her mouth and let it fly out. That wasn't CGI. Oh. God damn. Uh, writer Daniel Waters intended for Catwoman to die at the end of the movie when she electrocutes herself. And Max Shrek, but after seeing how much audiences love Catwoman and test screenings, Warner Brothers added her scene as the last shot of the movie, which is two weeks ago before it's released. Wait, what happened? She doesn't. She doesn't get electrocuted. You see her like jump off. Of, she does get electrocuted. She does. Yeah. You see her like jump off a roof or something. Oh, like into just disappear like in the background. So she's still alive. Oh. Yeah. Writer Daniel Walter says Batman killing wasn't in his original draft yeah this is the movie where he kills a bunch of people and you're like wait a minute this is odd it's got dark <laughs> danny elfman quit when he learned that warner brothers wanted to include music from prince michael jackson and george michael two weeks later those plans were scrapped and elfman was asked to return that's hilarious although i would have loved a michael jackson batman's soundtrack just michael jackson <laughs> like you do Prince for the first I movie. Bet, Elfman was probably like, dude, what the hell? Why the hell would you hire me? Well, yeah, gonna, why uh, all this priest, this music that everyone else made? Look, look. But on the first one, Prince had a great soundtrack, and Elfman had an awesome yeah, I know, score. You, you sing it on I occasion. I fucking to me. love the Prince soundtrack so much. Since we're talking about Batman music, yeah. have you heard Jaden Smith's Batman? 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 Oh Batman? crap! We have to play a little bit of that because it's weird. Uh, Tim Burton's prop and production there. design team were incredible. Christopher Walken recalled suggesting that Max Shrek have a model of his power plant in his office and the crew built one warner brothers basically pushed tim burton out of batman forever and opted to go with a more sponsor and toy friendly approach. Now, let me ask you guys something yeah something wow, Some, I can't something. something something did you guys like batman returns because i have a follow-up with that in a lot of in some respects yes yeah some respects. Okay. after the first one i I did enjoy, I love the, you know, the Catwoman origin scene. I liked a lot of it. And I was just, I wanted to see Keaton as Batman again. So I, I just think the ending was weak. Did you, Yeah. my follow-up to that would be, do you think this is a good example of where a studio needs to rein in a director? Because I feel like the second one, they were like, all right, Tim Burton, 
do what you want. <laughs> and he was like, all right, I'm making this fucking dark. And because I feel like the ba- the original Batman was that perfect balance between like still appealing to a wide audience, but having that like gothic tinge to it. Whereas the second one was like, wait, what? Like, why is Danny DeVito biting people's noses? Yes, I think somebody <laughs> maybe should have stepped in on a couple of these scenes where the goo is coming out, and you know, give him a little bit of quality control. But I do agree, it gets very Tim Burtony to a fault by the end. Yeah. Uh, but man, Christopher Walken was like really hot at the time. I was excited. I mean, the to decision see him in was there. definitely not to make the decision was definitely not to pivot and go Joel Schumacher. No, but no. Maybe they could have reined him in a little, and he, he could have stayed on the course of this. Not I mean that, that could have Joel been, Schumacher style. That could have been like a but, a great, a really even greater movie. But that's the thing. Like when you look at Batman over the years. They're clearly trying to like carve out what Batman is, mm-hmm. and they had trial and error. Yeah, and, and they tried a bunch of different things, and we even went super serious with the Nolan movies, and that works in some respects. So they still haven't actually found out how to do Batman perfectly yet. I mean, it's they do it more perfectly in the video games sometimes, or yeah. in the cartoons than anywhere else, right? Yeah, they nail it in the cartoons yeah. most of the time. So it's crazy that they can't figure out. Like everybody knows what Batman's supposed to do, but sometimes they don't. They, they can't get it, and that's what a, a director is supposed to do. Is supposed to get that essence. And I don't know. Sometimes it just takes them such a long time to figure it out. They still haven't nailed Batman yet. No, and it was kind of during that time where, you know, the the superhero movie was still trying to be a genre, and it was like where the you know these auteur directors didn't really care about the source material, they were going to make the movie they thought the Batman is without actually, you know, doing a lot of research. There weren't like established super- no. Superman was the only one. Yeah. Really. Right. There was no, had, there was no template bad 80s ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was no budget established template. So rugs, uh, the, the, we'll finish up with this. There, Jaden Smith has a official music video. Let me put Will Smith's son, Will Smith's one and only Will Smith's son, spoiled fucking son, uh, his spoiled fucking son. I'm going to, uh, I'll play a little bit of this. (laughs) This starts out like a short film where he's sitting around looking all dramatic and, and brooding. And then he's just wearing a white Batman costume. Uh, the credits roll. It's really weird. And here, let me just find the refrain because, and he's running through the fields. None of this oh, I'm really, looking at pictures of this. None of what this really this? makes sense. Okay. I'm going to see if I can find the part where he's singing the oh refrain. Uh, here we go. I learned nothing since last year. You got the renegade fabrics. Batman, Batman, Batman. Please put me up in the chest. I'm trying to be hella extra. Okay, did anybody listen to those lyrics? Did you just hear what he said? It's deep, man. Something about, about Batman not having a mattress. Batman he's doesn't have a mattress. He said he married a Porsche. Is that what he said just now? He did. He, he said, said uh, uh, he must really love. Is this? I'm so confused about this. Is this I, supposed I'm, to be I an homage? Up, I looked up this up. What is and this? There's, 
there's an article that starts with the headline: Jaden Smith's new music music video Batman is basically just Drake's Jumpman, oh, but with him saying Batman. Batman, Batman, Batman. <laughs> wow, the the his I don't like his delivery. I don't like. Can the we listen music. to Drake's Jumpman now? Just <laughs> okay. so we can have a cross section. Yeah, let's uh, let's. Have compare. you heard that song? No. Yeah, listen to it. It's uh, the same. Okay, here we go. Drake's jump. Before man. you play that, yeah. at one point during this song, Jaden Smith says, "Batman, Batman, Batman, Joker, just put me on acid." Why? He <laughs> married a poor. She doesn't have a mattress. These are. I never knew these things about Batman. Okay, this is Jump Man. Go to the uh, lyrics or the chorus. Okay, I've uh, never heard this. This put up with a tape. We had the street was bumping. Whoa man, whoa man, whoa man, don't you step too close, man. I swear to God, my homies turn you to a ghost, man. Woo! I smash a girl, she ad lib just like uh, thugger, thugger. She, she burpins, no hand, no hands. She don't fuck with you, yeah, use a bro, man, bro, man. Jump man, jump man, jump man, OG retro, jump man. Oh my God. The same song. It's like no man, no man, no. We've also got future doing it. Oh, that's not Drake. That's not Drake. Uh, that's very similar. But those <laughs> lyrics made more sense. Yes, the, the li- there was actual like something thought behind some of those lyrics. The, I mean, whatever. Wait, can somebody? Okay, look. Can we? Where are the lyrics? We have to give me more of these lyrics. Uh, I'll look it up. Batman, right now. Batman, Batman. My dad thinks. <laughs> Batman, you don't get the dishes. Batman, 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 got you. Do your laundry. Batman, <laughs> Batman, 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 I'll just open peanut butter. You just say Batman and Batman, then random Batman, things. Batman, Batman, I never been grounded. Batman, <laughs> Batman, Batman. Batman, 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 my dad is the Fresh Prince. Batman, <laughs> Batman. Oh, this is a good one. Peanut. Here's a lyric in yeah. it. Batman, 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 please put me up on a Tesla skirt. I'm trying to be hella extra. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A Tesla. I heard you married a Porsche. That shit is all in the past. Plus, we got very divorced. What the Skywalker with the Force? What does this mean? None of these words make sense. It's like Malibu's most wanted all over again. It's like CB4. Yeah, CB4 is better. CB4 is better. CB4 is very good. Come on, like Black Y'all is the best song ever made. Batman, Batman, (laughs) Batman. Why you look flyer than hell? Don't think the album was sale, but this shit might fly off the shelf. <laughs> See, I can do this style of fucking bullshit hip hop. This is bullshit. I blame Drake. Anybody could fucking sing this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so fly that you mad at yourself. You the one who got the Juice City crime for your help. I guess he likes Batman, but he just doesn't know how to express it, really. No. Uh, then, uh, and the dressing up as a white <laughs> as Batman. As a white Batman. He reversed he blackface. The ba- yeah, like dressed up Wearing as a that costume, Batman. Yeah. Wow, he needs beating. He needs beating. Wow, he needs Uncle Phil in his life. That's what he needs. <laughs> oh, rest in peace. I think that guy's dead. Yeah, well, well no matter. That's what happens. <laughs> no matter. All right. Well, that's all the show we got for you this week. You guys got any any final thoughts? Rugs, what do you got? Nothing. All right. Well, tell the listener where they can find you. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at really Rugboy. Yes, that's where I am. Good. Poke him in the slack I got, hole. I got a final thought. What do you got? Took my mom the other day to go see Wonder Woman because she's been bugging oh, me about it. Oh, that's really nice. It was nice. Uh, seeing it again, a quick thought. Um, the emotional scenes hit a lot harder the second time. Oh. The story is a bit slow. Uh, it drags a little, maybe? Dra- especially in the beginning. It really doesn't kick into gear. I thought it kicked into gear when we saw, um, what's his face? Steve, Steve Trevor Crash. on the island. Yeah. 
but it really doesn't kick into gear until they get to the front. Until the no man's land scene, yeah, which is like that's way when in it the starts movie. to kick into gear. Way, yeah. it did kind of drag a little bit in the middle. And, and Gal, Gad- Gal Gadot is so beautiful. Did you? What'd your mom think? <laughs> she was. Well, she thought Gal Gadot was beautiful, and she, she liked the movie. Yeah, I liked the movie. She was really into it. This is a good one to get people into, like uh, a superhero movie that don't normally watch it. Like it has pretty good universal appeal. I mean, everyone can. You, oh, one last thing: yeah. the the ending shot where she's like in Paris. And she's like jumping in slow motion towards the camera. Yeah. Second time around is is kind of cheesy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I there's nothing like there's no crime happening that she needs to be <laughs> jumping in slow motion towards the camera. It was a little. It was a little douche chilly. I got a little cringy when it, I. It was one of those it. like it's like that should be Spider Man or something yeah. like that, like swinging towards the camera. But her like jumping towards the camera in the middle of Paris, and they're like they show a shot of Paris, and there's literally like there's no fire, I know, nothing's going there's on, nothing. <laughs> it just looks like a normal night in Paris. That's and what she's I thought. jumping out. I was like, where's she going? There's nothing she's going getting on. Getting ready to fight. And it's like <laughs> what? Well, and the end is still kind of shit, isn't it? Which one? Uh, the whole the uh, Wonder Woman battle scene. Where she's fighting Ares? Yeah. Well, she has all these magical powers that you don't know what they are. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's unexplained. It is okay scene. Yeah. Like the, it is kind of entertaining. I, I like that it's cut with like the character moments with her and Steve Trevor telling yeah. each other they love yeah. each other. And then the part where um, Dr. Maru is about to get slammed with a tank but doesn't. But yeah, it's a little. The, the powers are, are strange. <laughs> it got very PVS. I, I don't understand the, like her gauntlets on her, on her wrists. Like, is that, what does that do? It, they do a lot because of things. It seems like it does everything. They block bullets. They, uh, <laughs> yeah, they absorb a, a fires energy. Lasers. It fires yeah. lasers. She can order an Uber on it when she gets it's back one to of those America. Things where, like, we're not going to explain anything. We're just going to have ask everyone to just go with it. Yeah, just, and that works sometimes, yeah. but a lot of times you have people like us going, "What the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Why is she doing that?" I but overall, that. still, still very good movie. I kind of want to watch. You it walk again. out very happy. Yeah, it's good. The Steve Trevor stuff, it, it hit harder that second Wow, time. really? Like, wow. That's interesting. That's, that they really did a good job with that. Hmm, right on. Because he, he like gives her the watch, and he's like, I wish we had more time. Oh. And he runs away, oh. and you're like, oh, fuck. I even liked how they cut that, you know, where you couldn't hear them, and they yeah, come back. Yeah, that was well done. It was, it was really watch well done. is also his cock. Just remember. <laughs> yes, it is analogous to his cock. It's above average. It's funny thing is, my watch is located on my day. <laughs> I tell time with my penis. <laughs> he gave her his cock, and then he died. <laughs> <laughs> Use my penis as a sundial to tell time and think yes. of me, as I said. But you know what? He... Like we said in the review, he uh, is contracted for another movie. So yeah. we ain't seen oh. the last of him somehow. Funny comment from my mom. She goes, man, that movie must have not been doing so well. I'm like, why did you say that? It's like there was only like seven people oh. in the theater. I'm like, mom, it's a fucking Wednesday night, and this movie's been out for three weeks. It's been out for three weeks. <laughs> movies aren't like they used to be anymore. Does your mom ever go to movies? She does, but she never goes on like the prime Times. Oh, like on so she, she times goes, where she goes on a Wednesday night that it's packed. <laughs> I don't know. She. I just want to exa- frame of reference it. It's. Yeah. A, it's a. It was a very odd comment, which is why I had to share. I can. I can see that she just thinks like every movie, every showing is packed all the time, every every right. day, just because right. it's a movie. But she, yeah, she's like, oh, if it's if it's a movie and everyone's talking about it, shouldn't it always be packed. Shouldn't all these people be there? No, well, no, it's on <laughs> thousands of theaters across the it country, and it's been out for three weeks. So. <laughs> Everyone who see, wanted to see it already saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're getting the repeats, and maybe some of the people who uh, are finally like, ah, yeah, I'll go check this out. 
Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for Spider-Man Homecoming. That's the next one. That's the next Are one, we man. done with the show? We're done. Thanks for hanging out, listener. Ooh. You heard rugs. We're done. Uh, make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and review. Go to jockanerd.com. Uh, all the usual stuff, but most importantly, tell a friend, turn someone out of the show, grab their phone, subscribe them, give them one of these. Jockin' Nerd! And uh, get them listening. This has been the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. I'll hear you next time. Hey, give me that arc reactor. I'm going to put it in my slack hole. <laughs> put that arc reactor in your slack hole. Does it fit? Hold on. Let me see if I can get it in there. <laughs> Do you have the right parts? Uh, I think I have a repulsor blast, but not the kind that you're thinking about. I got Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a repulsive blast. Jogging nerd! Oh. <laughs>